Hey y'all, welcome to the Unleashed Strength and Conditioning Podcast and Radio Show. Coming at you on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon in San Marcos, Texas. Today I'm sitting with Corey Miller, professional wakeboarder. And what I'm starting to learn is that he can make some pretty good drinks too. He's got basically a full bar in his apartment. And uh, he's made us a few drinks and, and we're knocking them back. So I've known Corey for about two years now. We both work at a, an outpatient physical therapy clinic here in, in Central Texas, and we both kind of share similar enthusiasm for exercise and, and, and physical activity as a whole. So, um, Corey, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, you know, where you went to school, all that good stuff. Uh, so, I'm Corey Miller. I'm 28 years old. I'm from uh, Rockwell, Texas, I'm like 20 miles outside of Dallas. Um, I graduated high school in 2009 and attended, well first I attended Trinity University for one year um, and then kind of figured out I wanted to pursue the physical therapy route so I transferred over to Texas State. Um, I did four years at Texas State and graduated from there in 2014 with a bachelor's in exercise science, uh, pre-physical therapy Um, and pretty much I graduated on a Friday and I started work at physical therapy of Wimberley the next Monday um, and been there ever since. So what was the difference between going to school at Trinity versus Texas State? A huge difference. Um, Going from a private school to a state school, just the sheer number of people, for one, was pretty nuts. Um, The campuses were super similar in that they're both made of nothing but stairs and a hill. Um, So that part sucked. But (laughs) the, the classes were a lot more directed towards what I wanted at Texas State, given that I got to take specific anatomy, um, injury prevention, care, all that kind of stuff, um, was just really geared towards what I wanted. Okay. Were you able to take any of those type of classes at at Trinity? Were they similar at all? Not at all, at least as far as I got, Um, because I only did my freshman year, so that was mainly a lot of core courses, um, biologies, English, all that kind of stuff. So I never got a chance to even get into that kind of stuff at Trinity, but they didn't even offer it. So um, there wouldn't have been that opportunity. Yeah, Texas State has a really good program. I'm, I'm definitely glad that I went there. I've learned so much. Uh, I think it's definitely made me a, a better f- fitness professional. Uh, so were you an athlete throughout high school? Uh, yeah, so in high school, um, officially, I ran track and cross country. Um, I was always a distance runner. Um, I'm super tall, skinny. I had the build of an endurance athlete for sure. Um, but yeah, so that was what I did through high school. I was pretty good at that. I went to, I won my senior year, I won district, um, won regional, got second in regional, sorry. And then I went to state and I got whooped in state. But Still went there, and that was that was fun. But the whole time, mainly my main passion was wakeboarding, and that's kind of always been my main passion. Okay, was what was your your mile time, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> mile wasn't even that great because I only got better the longer the race got. So a mile was a short race for me. It was only about like five minutes flat. Oh, Not- I mean that's really good. And my fastest mile was over five minutes. So I mean you're running longer than, than that mile. <laughs> Uh, so initially, how did you end up getting interested in water sports? So 
let's see. My both of my parents um, water skied back in their time. Um, we didn't have a boat or anything like when I was a lot younger. Uh, we got a boat when I was like seven years old, and we quickly started water skiing. Um, they taught me that pretty quick, um, and then. Not too long after that, I saw other people out on the lake um, riding like a, a board, like more like snowboarding, and I didn't really know what it was at the time, um, but the guy was doing like flips and everything, and it just looked way cooler than once you're on water skis, you can kind of just cut side to side, but other than that, there's not a whole lot else you can do. Um, so I wanted to learn all the flips and everything. Um, my sister, pretty much like when I was younger, uh, my sister, she was a competitive gymnast and cheerleader, um, so she had taught me like all how to do flips and everything um, when I was younger. And I wanted to take that stuff to the water. Um, so I took up wakeboarding. Uh, one of my buddies just happened to have a wakeboard. Um, we took him out on the boat one day, and I got up on it first try, and I was pretty much hooked ever since. So you didn't start with uh, wakeboarding initially. You started with uh, skateboarding, something out of the water first. Yeah, I... Uh, I wouldn't say I was a skateboarder. I had a skateboard, technically. It was a Walmart skateboard, so it was pretty bad. <laughs> I, I had those, uh, what are they, Huffy? It was a Huffy, or? yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so I would ride that in my driveway and stuff, so I kind of knew how to ride a board. But uh, mainly, I was out on, I had like a trampoline since literally birth, because my okay. sister, my older sister already had one. Um, so I was on a trampoline forever. We always had a pool of some sort, whether it was like... Yeah, we always had a pool. So I was always like either on the trampoline doing flips and stuff or immediately swimming in the water after. So that kind of got to merge. Did you ever take the, the wheels, the trucks and stuff off your, your skateboard and put it on the trampoline and try and do tricks? On All it? the time. We, we always did that when we were kids. <laughs> I tore through so many mats on my trampoline actually doing that. Because I would take, of course, it was like my most thrashed skateboard so it was the one with like razor tip edges so the minute it like lands on its side on the trampoline it puts a little slice in it and then you keep jumping on it and you end up jumping through the trampoline uh what about snowboarding or, or surfing other board sports so i've never snowboarded ever um kind of sucks i was supposed to go to colorado during this last spring break um but as we'll probably get to later coronavirus messed that up for me <laughs> so that trip was canceled um but i have surfed my older sister she went to school at a&m in corpus christi and while the gulf isn't exactly known for good waves every now and then it's pretty good um and a lot of her friends were surfers um so they taught me how to surf and then um Actually, as a graduation present, my parents took my family to Costa Rica, and I got to surf way better waves there. Yeah, I've always wanted to surf. I just never had really the opportunity to, to try it out. I, I have snowboarded, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It really feels like you're flying. It's kind of like skateboarding, um, except for there's no wheels. Um, so how long have you been wakeboarding and, and how long did it take you to reach that, that professional status, that pro status? So, um, I started, I started at like age seven. Um, but again, I didn't know anyone else that wakeboarded. So I was, I thought every single thing I did, I invented. I never even saw a video of someone wakeboarding. Um, and so I only had like my mom there, like, saying what she thinks I did wrong as I'm trying to learn stuff. So needless to say, progression was pretty slow. Um, 
it wasn't until like high school that I actually made a wakeboarding friend. Um, and then from there we learned a few things. He was kind of like me. He just grew up riding on his family's boat. Um, so he was about the same level as me. We didn't learn anything that crazy quick. So it was with him that I learned my first flip. Um, and so we rode together through high school. He kind of dropped off towards senior year. Um, and then when I came down to Texas State, I no longer had access to my parents' boat, so I had to find another way to ride. Um, and I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with the area. Down in New Braunfels, right off I-35, uh, there's a place called the Texas Ski Ranch. Um, so you can actually wakeboard there without needing a boat. Um, you're on a circular lake, essentially, getting pulled by an overhead cable system that's pretty much connected to towers that are on the corners of the lake. Um, so yeah, so I was able to do that. I started, I got a job at Texas Ski Ranch teaching lessons. Um, and so I started doing a lot of wakeboarding on the cable then. Um, and then I made a lot of good friends that were actually a lot better than me, um, especially because they had only ridden on cables. So when you're riding on the cable, you're not jumping off of a boat's wake. You're not jumping off of water. You're actually jumping off of hard features that are metal or plastic. They're like ramps and rails, exactly like what you would find like on a mountain that you see snowboarders hitting. So had to, that was a big learning curve. Like I might as well have started from square one pretty much. So having a lot of people that were a lot more experienced than me got me really good really quick. I ended up actually my sophomore year getting an apartment with one of those people. Um, so we lived together and so we wakeboarded together like four or five times a week. Like we did that a ton. Um, and then about my junior year, I just by happenstance ran into the rep of a wakeboard company called Slingshot Wakeboards, who was in need of a rider in the South Texas area. So I got to talking with him. Um, I was referred by one of my managers actually, who knew me um, I worked for him teaching lessons and stuff at Texas Ski Ranch. And so he referred me and I was able to talk with Slingshot and get something worked up and start riding for them. Um, and so that was, I guess, technically the start of riding professionally. Okay. And that was your junior year of college? That was junior year of college. Yeah. So. How long ago was that? That was in 2013. Okay. So I've been graduated for like five years so now. You've so. been riding pro for about seven years now. Yeah, just about. So was there anything that you noticed that once you, you turned professional and you went pro, did anything change for you? Not a whole lot. Actually, yeah, I gave up all my friends because they're losers now. No, <laughs> no, no, nothing like that at all. Um, actually, the cool part was over, not immediately, but over like the next two years, I was able to get my two best friends riding for the same company as well. Um those were my two friends that I was filming with the most, putting out the most videos with. And it was actually preventing us from getting a lot of content posted because they were always writing other people's products, um, other companies' boards and whatnot. So in order for my company to post that or broadcast it, it was more beneficial if all of us were writing for the same company. So that worked out really well. We were able to put together a little crew, um, all of us riding for Slingshot and... Yeah, we so nothing changes a ton. You you get obviously free boards and everything, which is really really helpful because if you're if you're a tough rider, if you ride a lot, you go through a lot of product. Um, hitting the rails and everything is really hard on the boards. So 
you go through a lot of boards, and they're not cheap. They're like six hundred dollars for a board. So I would go, I go through like three or four a year, and definitely couldn't afford to just constantly be buying all that stuff. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't imagine, and I know that being turning professional must have been exciting. But being able to to bring your friends on and everything that must have been a, a really good bonus for it. That was that was by far the coolest part because then we pretty quickly put together. Um, like a promotional tour. Uh, luckily, one of my friends, he owned an RV, and we were able to put together like a tour where we go do promotions at a bunch of the, the wakeboard parks around Texas. Uh, so it was like a four-week tour that we were doing every year up until this last year, coronavirus again. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, so that was the best part is I got to travel with my best friends and wakeboard in a bunch of places that I probably wouldn't have been able to. Um, yeah, so that was by far the coolest part about it. So with you being wakeboarding for so long, I mean, you've been a professional for, for seven years now. What are some of the physical requirements that are attributes that, that make someone a good wakeboarder? Uh, normally not what I have. Um, you're supposed to be technically kind of shorter and stockier. Um, they always say, think of like a gymnast build, um, which I am not. I'm six foot four and like 170 pounds. So (laughs) (laughs) far from that. Um, but yeah, so you, it's definitely a lot of jumping, a lot of landing. Your legs take the brunt of the impact. Um, by far the most things you see in wakeboarding is knee injuries, um, so why do you think with you being the opposite that you've done so well? I think just because of how long I've been doing it, because I haven't been six foot four forever. Um, I kind of started and learned a lot of stuff when I was younger, when I was just kind of like a regular height person. And then I kind of just kept learn, kept knowing how to do it as I grew taller and taller. I kind of just like grew into my body, if you will. So I think if I were to start right now, I probably wouldn't be able to do half of that stuff, but luckily it was kind of already ingrained. I kind of had the muscle memory for it and everything, so I think that's the only way I can get away with it. Yeah, and, and does your background in, in exercise science, you've been studying, uh, or you graduated with your degree in exercise science at Texas State, do you do you think that your background in, in that that field has put you at an, at an advantage? <laughs> yeah, definitely at an advantage, um, especially when it comes to pain management, uh, injury prevention, all kinds of stuff. I know, given my history, what I'm susceptible to, um, you know, long limbs or long livers. So there's a lot of potential there for knee injuries, which I've had several of. Um, I know a lot of stuff about how to manage pain. So a lot of the soreness and achiness that comes with all the riding I'm doing, um, know a lot of stuff to keep me loose, keep me moving, keep me able to keep going, especially approaching the big three zero here in uh, <laughs> a year and a half. Yeah, more power so. to you, man. <laughs> well, you know how to how to manage pain, but how exactly do you train for for the sport? And what areas of your body think, do you think have to be more developed um, for a wakeboarder? So. It's funny, you always, if you talk to like most wakeboarders about this, I'm like the only wakeboarder I know with like an exercise science history. They hate the word training. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's like the jock football term, but no. Um, In order to train for it, pretty much during the season, which is summer for us, pretty much just anytime it's warm, um, mostly just train for it by wakeboarding a bunch. Um, 
usually if I'm not wakeboarding, the majority of what I'm doing is just trying to get loose after wakeboarding so that I can continue wakeboarding. It's really like in the winter and the off season that I feel like I do the most what I would consider training. Um, and all it really is, I'm just really trying to keep my legs strong, keep my shoulders strong. Um, so you really have to have good, good hip mobility. You have to be able to do full range squats and everything because you have to be effective at absorbing all those forces that, that are coming in. You're dropping from 15, 20 feet and your legs are the only thing absorbing that. All you have is some cushion in your boots between you and the water. Um, so your knees take the brunt of it. Lower back takes a lot of it. Um, also helps working at a PT clinic and get the PTs fixing the, the back anytime I tweak it or mess up. And, and with, with all this high impact, how regularly do you, do you feel like you have to, to treat yourself or have some of the PTs like work with you? Treat myself every single day. Um, have a little bit of outside help. I mean, it's rare that I go a week without it. I probably don't necessarily need it, but given that it's there, I mean, why not use what's right there for you? Um, but yeah, definitely a little bit of foam rolling, a little bit of stretching, a lot of mobility work every single day. Um, that's the only way to keep going. And uh, so you've mentioned the coronavirus a couple of times already. How, exact, how exactly has COVID-19 affected your, your training or your, your riding and your overall routine? So... This winter, I decided to take, usually I will ride through winter and just throw a wetsuit on, put up with the cold. This winter, I didn't want to do it. I had kind of a nagging knee injury towards the end of last season, which I wanted to take the winter off, work on this knee injury, um, and just be strong once the season started. So come like February, mid-February, I start riding again. And so I had just taken like four or five months off and I just start riding again. I probably rode two times. And then, I mean, we were hearing about coronavirus. It was just this weird thing that no one really knew anything about. I thought like nobody really... took it seriously. No, no one took it seriously at all. Either. Um, so yeah. Uh, and then it became what it is today. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, the wake parks are closed and I just took a six month, five, six month hiatus in order to come back stronger. And then now they're closed up until about two weeks ago. So it was a good six, seven weeks that I was out of riding yet again. Man. And, and did you at one point try to, to find even a, a, a time for, to try and ride on behind a boat, have a boat pull you? I would have loved to. Unfortunately, I don't have a good friend right now with a boat. Although one of my buddies did just purchase a boat last weekend, just found that out. So maybe, maybe in the future I will. But no, <laughs> I guess it's if been. If we get a, a coronavirus sequel. If we get 2.0, that's right. Now that we're reopened, uh, if the surge happens again, we'll see. Um, switching gears a little bit, what's. What are some of the, the better stories we have? What's your best competition story or, or just even just a general wakeboarding story that you might have? <laughs> so all the, uh, all the competition stories usually end at the hospital, um, at least the two best ones. Um, there's, there's a couple. There's the one where uh, my mom used to refuse to come see me in competition because she was so afraid I was going to get hurt. 
Um, and then I finally convinced her to come to one, and I tear my MCL and meniscus like Ooh. six feet in front of her. <laughs> so, and then get hauled out of the water into the ambulance. Um, so that one traumatized her. Or there's the other one where we're in Beaumont, and I dislocate my ankle. Not even actually in the competition. I had, my run hadn't even happened yet. I didn't. I wasn't supposed to ride for about an hour, and I was messing around on one of the trampolines, and we were playing a game awake, um, pretty much how you would play pig shooting baskets, except you do flips and stuff and someone tries to match it. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, uh, missed the edge of the trampoline and after a jump landed on the ground, dislocated my left ankle, uh, medial subtalar dislocation. And yeah, I had to have my roommate take me to the hospital. And all I wanted from him was for him to video them putting my ankle back uh, but he wussed out and he got lightheaded and had to leave the room. Oh, so man. have no footage of that hospital <laughs> trip, which is a shame. Uh, that would have been a really good video. That would have been great. Uh, what's like, what's the best trick or, or movement that you've ever performed? <laughs> so trying to verbalize a wakeboarding trick is kind of difficult. Um, the, there's one trick that I've done that actually I know that no one else has ever done. Um, other than that, there's, there's a lot of hard tricks, but the one that I've done that no one else has ever done, um, you want to hear the name of it? Yeah, what what we got? Okay. Yeah. Translate this. Uh, Ole Stalefish 360 Rewind 180. Ole Stalefish Stairmaster. What is it? Stairmaster. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what was it again? Say it again. Uh, So, uh, Ole. Ole. Uh, so all that means is pretty much whenever you're spinning, uh, in the air with on a wakeboard, you normally you you're holding onto a rope, so you can't just like spin around in circles. Otherwise, you'd be tied around in knots in the rope. So you have to pass the rope behind your back usually, okay. just into your other hand. Ah, that's why they call it so, ole. No, no, that's the regular that. way. That's the regular <laughs> okay. way. So with an ole, you actually just put it over your head and you spin underneath the rope, which allows you to not have to pass the handle. So you can just keep the rope in your same hand the whole time. It's hard to explain without seeing it. Yeah. But essentially it allows me to grab my board and grabbing is a big thing in wakeboarding. You always want to be grabbing your board because it makes it look more stylish. Um, You just want to be flailing around like a scarecrow out there. You want to actually be kind of tucked up in a ball. Um, So yeah, the Olay allows you to hold on to a grab of your board as you spin a frontside 360. So you're doing a full turn. Okay. Uh, And then you actually stop your rotation midair and turn and switch directions and you land with the handle behind your back doing what's called a blind landing. Um, So you don't pass the handle, you just land with the handle locked into your lower back. Yeah. So essentially you spin one way, you switch directions and you spin the other way. But yeah, that's the one that I can say no one else has ever done. That's pretty awesome to to be able to say that uh, you've done something that nobody else has been able to do before. I mean, I has anybody ever even tried to to do it? To not many people do the ole thing. Um, I think so. Being as tall as I am, um, a lot of those other guys have really short arms. I don't think they can even reach over their head. Uh, so yeah, putting the handle over my head is no big deal for me. I have like a seven foot wingspan, so. I can get the handle and my hands in places that a lot of other people's can't. <laughs> that sounds kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, my, my next question was going to be to to see if, if your height or your your different um your the difference in your your body than other wakeboarders had any anything to do with with you being able to complete that trick. Mostly, yeah. 
It's mostly the monkey arms. <laughs> so you you mentioned that you're nearing toward, towards the the big three zero. What's right. what's next for for Corey Miller? Like, how much longer do you see yourself competing? I mean, what comes after? Uh, so competing. I don't do a ton, a ton of competing already. I've kind of already gotten off that a little bit. But majority of how you get wakeboarding out to the public is through the internet. So social media content, filming filming your best tricks in a really unique way is actually so much more quality. I feel like you get out to so many more people rather than... At a contest, the only people you're reaching are a couple hundred people that may have attended the contest. You put something online, and all of a sudden, 10,000 people just saw that, and maybe a couple of those people get into wakeboarding. Um, so we, I like to focus a lot on internet content and filming, making stuff look exactly how I want it to look, because a lot of times in competitions, you get one chance at doing something, and I'm a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to that, so... I will absolutely hate some competition runs I put down, but they might score well. But for me, it didn't look how I wanted it to look. So, internet content, filming with friends, it's just a lot more fun. It's a lot better vibe. Okay. Um, now to get a little bit off topic, I want to talk about some really some hard-hitting issues that we have in today's world. Um, so, In-N-Out or Whataburger? Man... <laughs> <laughs> Being in Texas, I have a very unpopular opinion of this, but I am in and out one hundred percent. In and out, come like what? What about in and out brings you to in and out? So let me tell you what about Whataburger drives me away from Whataburger. Okay, okay <laughs> that might be a better conversation. Open your Whataburger. Does it look like a car just ran it over? Yes, it is this flattened terrible looking thing that tastes like someone hated their life when they made it. <laughs> oh, I mean, but s- s- cheese isn't, doesn't look that great either, but it's amazing. I love cheese. That's true. That's true. But I don't know, man. I, I think I'm a sucker for presentation and you get that burger from In-N-Out and it's just... So it's not so much that In-N-Out is better than Whataburger. It's just that Whataburger isn't as good as in wait no I said that ah there you go exactly it's, now you're getting it's it. not so now much that Whataburger it. isn't as good it's just that it doesn't look as good as uh, I would argue taste as well you know uh, uh, what's uh, I don't even know what the special sauce is that uh, In and Out has but I think it's pretty good uh, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree yeah I, that's what I pretty much figured with Whataburger hundred percent I know I know I'm very unpopular in the state of Texas for so where that do you opinion. go after a, a night out downtown. Uh, to the next bar. <laughs> I know you go to Whataburger. <laughs> I don't, man. <laughs> I don't. I will go to McDonald's over Whataburger. Oh, that's terrible. It's, it's true. <laughs> All right. Um, what's the first job you've ever had? First job I had, I've actually only had three jobs. I'm, I'm very loyal to my jobs. Um, first job I ever had, 16 years old, I was a cart boy at the Shores Country Club. So it was a, a golf course country club. Fancy. Um, it's not that. It was the crappy one in town. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other one was Buffalo Creek. That was like where you actually had to do your job well. Ah. Uh, so yeah, I was a cart boy um, for the country club in one of the neighborhoods in town. Um, pretty much just drove golf carts all day. Got in pretty much nine holes of golf every day after work. 
it was pretty awesome. I worked there till like summer. So my freshman year of college, I came back for summer and that was the last time I worked there. So I was there for like five years. The place was awesome. How, how much did you make at that time? Oof. What was minimum wage? <laughs> $7.25. I think I was excited when it got bumped to seven twenty five. Um, yeah, mine was, uh, my first job was in 2006, I think it was, and Sounds min- minimum wage was five fifty an hour, That's probably and, and that was, was pretty bad, but I was pretty excited to have $100 checks every week, Yeah. so there's that. Um, so what is the best exercise that people should be doing that they aren't? I don't know if there's one exercise, but I just feel like it's probably not even an exercise. I just think mobility is a thing that gets left out a lot. People get really caught up in strength and hypertrophy and stuff, and there's a lot of functional movements that they really can't do. Um, yeah, so, mobility would be my choice too. Yeah, so I'm a I'm a big proponent of like being able to move before you're actually like trying to build strength in all these ranges of motion. Um, so yeah. Just also because that's like my favorite thing to do. So yeah, I think I mean, everyone else should do it too. Speaking right? from experience, I can't do a full depth squat because I don't have the I don't have the mobility for it. So yeah, I so you gotta to work, you gotta work on those ankles, huh? Ankles and there's my a, hip. There's a metal rod in the way of a couple of those. Though. <laughs> it's not uh, your fault. I can't fault you for that. Um, best vacation spot you've ever visited? That had to have been Costa Rica. Okay. Um, that surf trip was awesome. And oh yeah, that same that same one actually was my first time zip lining, uh, and it was the tallest and fastest zip line in Costa Rica. And let me tell you what, they do not have many safety regulations there. <laughs> They're like, all right, so just hold on to this handle and grind it against the cable when you want to slow down. I was like, oh, <laughs> sweet. So on the very first one, I got a little anxious and I slowed down too soon. I got stuck right in the middle of it, and I had to turn oh, around man. and monkey my way the entire <laughs> way. This is like a 200-foot-long thing. Um, but yeah, so that, uh, that like zigzagged down a volcano, an active volcano in Costa Rica. So that was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, mine probably was uh, Mexico. I went, yeah. to, I went to Cabo San Lucas a few years ago, and that was, that was a, a whole lot of fun. Um, do you have a, a favorite TV series that you watch? Or that you've watched in the past? Uh, is it bad that I've seen The Office like five times through? I mean, that's The Office is always a, a go-to. Like, you can always watch The Office over and over and over, and it's yeah, not going to get, get old. old. I was a big fan of Dr. House, or I guess it was just called House. But uh, I watched House a lot in high school, and I recently watched it again. It's still good. Uh, <laughs> um, mine is, of course, Game of Thrones, and I know... Oof. That you haven't seen Game of Thrones. I saw one episode. Um, it didn't catch my eye. And it's 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 tragic. It really is. It's I tragic. Know. It's the the best show that's ever been a show. I yeah that that time period doesn't grab my attention. I don't know why. It's like the same as like Lord of the Rings for me. Um, <laughs> la, la, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> last last question. What's your favorite superhero? Is it uh, is it a Marvel character? DC? Is it Batman? Oh, you know, I actually didn't get a chance to think about this one. <laughs> um, if I'm watching Marvel movies, obviously Iron Man is the man. Uh, Robert okay. Downey Jr. is just hilarious. Okay. But do I have a favorite superhero? Spider-Man's pretty cool. Yeah, I think, I think Spider-Man might be Spider-Man's my favorite one. Spider-Man's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, he's acrobatic. Who's your favorite Spider-Man? 
Uh, the new ones. Who's the British kid? Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah, Definitely yeah. not crying. What's his face? <laughs> Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire. Oh my god. If he Toby Maguire is OG, but but Tom Holland no. definitely definitely. I don't took even know if I now. saw the one with that second uh, guy, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I, I think he, was that he like did, the first Venom? He did an okay job. They kind of. Uh, no, the first Venom was the third Toby Maguire film. Oh, was it? Oh yeah, when he has emo hair. That was even worse. <laughs> That's actually the only thing worse than crying. Toby Maguire is emo hair. Toby Maguire. <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, do you have a favorite Batman? Oh, dude, I grew up with the Val Kilmer Batman. Oh, man. That's like Batman forever. Yeah. Him and, uh, what was it? Tommy Lee Jones was Two-Face, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that Uh, was my all-time favorite. How do you feel about, uh, the Ben Affleck Batman? Dude, what's his voice? (laughs) Like, (laughs) he talks so weird. Um, Uh, I, no, I'm not a big fan of Ben Affleck Batman. What about the uh, the one before him? Was it? Uh, Have you heard the one after? Christopher. There's another Christopher one Walken. No, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a Batman. Uh, no, dude. The it's the guy from Twilight that they're doing. Oh, for the newest Robert Pattinson. One. That yeah. is the new one, but I haven't heard him as Batman. Does he? I mean, yeah, he's gonna be Batman. When I, when I hear someone say Batman, all I think is. Uh, the, is it Christian Chris? Bale? Yeah, Christian Bale. I can, Christian I Bale is cool. All I hear is his, his Batman voice. So. His Batman voice is also the, pretty bad. Where is she? Where is she? <laughs> yeah. He got a good Bane voice, too, actually, though. All right, man. Well, um, where can people go to find out more about you? Maybe see some, some badass wayboarding. Maybe we can see... Uh, do you have... The the Olay Stairmaster. Yeah, the uh, the Stairmaster uh-huh. Five Thousand, uh, as it's now been named. Uh, yeah, so that's all on my Instagram, um, Corey Twenty Four Miller. Corey spelled with an E Y, not with a Y. Like everyone <laughs> Just likes a to. Y. So everybody's yeah. always misspelling his name. I, I did initially too, yeah, and he, he points it out to me every time. Isn't it still saved in your phone? Uh, yeah, it, it. I changed it recently, but it, it was until maybe like. A couple months ago. Yeah. Real cool. Thanks, man. Uh, but yeah, so Corey, 24 Miller, um, at least like all like the throwaway clips, it's all actually still really good stuff. That's all on my Instagram. Some of the wakeboard websites will uh, post some of the main edits I've had and stuff, but mainly just Instagram's best place to go. All right. Well, I appreciate you, you speaking with me today, taking some time out of your day. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, we got off work. Might as well talk some more. I know, and have uh, some whiskey sours. Yeah. I'm ready. To, Sorry, it's all I had. Yeah, I'm I, ready for a refill. Oh, actually, you know, <laughs> looking at the bar cart now, there's an entire thing of ginger ale right there. All right, that well, would have been. Handy. I guess we'll wrap it up then. That's gonna be the. That's gonna be it for episode five of the Unleashed Strength and Conditioning podcast and radio show. Thank you again for listening in. Um, if you've got any questions, anything that you want me to talk about on the podcast, uh, shoot me a DM. And y'all, be sweet to me. (laughs) Go down to the bottom. Give me a five-star review. Uh, Share the podcast with your family and friends. And until next time, stay fit, my friends.